Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode 65 of our Truth Tidbits as we continue reading in the in the Word of God different places and see what the Lord may have for us each and every day, and uh, drawing from that, drawing from the Word of God to hear His voice. And so today I'm reading in Isaiah chapter 29, and I came across something that the Lord had shown me several years ago that's very precious to me, and I feel like he would have me to share that with you. And this is a redemptive hope for Christians' families or for Christians' descendants. And in chapter 29, you will read, if you, you know, read the whole chapter, you will see that it's a judgment. It's a prophetic word against the city of Jerusalem and the, you know, the area of Judah and Jerusalem. Um, you'll find that when he refers to Ariel and then later in Mount Zion and uh, so forth, you'll see it all through this chapter. And he's speaking about some coming judgment because of their sin. It explains some of that in here. I also see a prophetic word toward even Jesus coming in his ministry um, and in a portion of this. And also perhaps even a little hidden clue to the church that's revealed here as well. The church that Jesus will build that will come out of the darkness and be able to see and call upon him and rejoice in him. But I really want to focus on verses 22 through 24 today, because after this prophetic word against the city of Jerusalem and the people of God, his own people, because of their rejection of him, because of their sin and rebellion, yet he ends the chapter with a redemptive word about the promise of the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I believe that we can draw an application for the Christian and for our children and our descendants as well. Yes, this was written to Jerusalem and to the Jewish people. We don't take away from the literal and from the um, the word that was in, in its context. But I do believe that we're in, we're given the whole of scripture. Paul even talks about how it's given for examples for us. So I do believe that the entire word of God has application to us in our day in different ways, even though it may be literally speaking about certain things. So that's what I want to express today is an application that I know the Lord gave me several years ago, and I'm hoping it will be a, a blessing to you as well and a way for you to pray with hope and expectation for your children and your descendants if you are a believer, a Christian. So I want to read Isaiah chapter 29, verses 22 through 24 first, and then I want to discuss it for just a few minutes. It says in Isaiah 29, verse 22, Therefore thus says the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob. 
I want to stop there just for a minute because, as I mentioned, the whole chapter here, he's proclaimed various judgments because of their sin, because of their rejection, because of their rebellion, and so forth. And then he gets down here and he says, but I'm going to end with this. There's a God who redeemed Abraham, and he's got a redemptive promise to Abraham's descendants, to Jacob's descendants through the godly line. So let me tell you what it is. That's what he's saying here, I believe. So in verse 22, I'm going to read that again. Therefore, thus says the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob. Jacob shall not now be ashamed, nor shall his face now grow pale. In other words, the shame is going to be washed away because I'm going to redeem Jacob. I'm going to redeem the descendants. Hallelujah. He says in verse 23, and welcome as you join in, in verse 23 of Isaiah 29. But when he sees his children, the work of my hands in his midst, they will hallow my name and hallow the Holy One of Jacob and fear the God of Israel. Those also, these also who erred in spirit will come to understanding and those who complained will learn doctrine. I love this redemptive promise from the Lord. Hallelujah. And I believe it's applicable to all of the children of God. I believe that this is a promise that applies to us as well. And so I want to take this apart for a moment and just speak a little bit about it. Jacob will not now be ashamed, nor shall his face now grow pale. In other words, God is giving us a word of hope. He's saying, oh, I'm going to redeem. Yes, I've had to, to speak against the sins of my people. I've had to bring judgment. I've had to bring, bring discipline to them. But there is coming a redemption. There, there, This is not the end. There is good news. There is redemption. And you're not going to have to be ashamed. And I believe that for our children and grandchildren. And I pray that for yours as well. Because he goes on right now and he speak, begins to speak, to speak specifically about children, about the descendants, about the families and the future generations of Jacob. And he says this. He says, they are the work of his hands. So first of all, he says, they're the work of my hands. In other words, we can trust God with the thing that's the most precious to us, our children. You know, whenever I was teaching the Names of God series one time, the Lord gave me this when I was teaching about Yahweh Yireh or Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. And that comes from Genesis chapter 22, when Abraham was called upon to sacrifice Isaac, his beloved son, the thing that was the most precious to him. And Abraham had to trust God with the thing that was the dearest to him, and that was his descendant, his child. And God proved himself faithful. God proved himself trustworthy through that experience. And God was never, he's never approved of child sacrifice. This was a test of Abraham's faith. God knew all along what he was going to do. You know, God already had the ram 
you know, either coming up the other side of the mountain or already up on the mountain. And he got it. He got the ram caught in the thicket. And Abraham hadn't noticed the ram before. But then God revealed the ram caught in the thicket to him. He said, no, Abraham, no, Abraham, hold your hand. You were tested, but I'm going to show you what I'm going to do because I've got a real ram in the thicket. I've got a substitute and I'll give my own son one day as the substitute for all the sin of the world. That's what all of Genesis 22 was about. But Abraham came to know God through that experience as the Lord who provides. The Lord who, if you if you look into it, you'll see that it's the Lord who sees. But not only the Lord who sees, but the Lord who sees to it. The Lord who provides. The Lord will see to it. In other words, he's trustworthy. You can believe him because he will do it. He will provide. He will give. He will do what he said. He is trustworthy. And that's what Abraham learned in Genesis 22 when he gave the name of that place. Um, Yahweh Yireh, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who will see to it and will provide. So these first thing we need to understand is they're the work of God's hands. We can commit our children. He's trustworthy. He is trustworthy. There's a psalm. I can't remember the number of the psalm, but it talks about the, the sparrows and the, and the birds that have found the altar where they can lay their children upon their young upon. And it is the Lord. It's his own sanctuary. It's him. And they can entrust him. Even the birds have learned they can trust the Lord with their young. And God wants us to know that we're of much more value, Jesus said, than the birds. And he cares about us so we can entrust our children to him because the Bible says he is the one that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He is trustworthy to work in our children's lives. They are the work of his hands. So he says, first and foremost, trust me with them. I'm going to work in them. I'm going to do the work. And I'll get all the glory for it. That's what he's saying. Praise be to God. He also gives the promise here to Jacob that he's going to see the work of the Lord in his children. He'll be able to see it. Now, I can't guarantee that we can see that in the natural before we die. Jacob didn't necessarily see that in the natural before he died. He may have seen elements of that. But here, Jacob's been dead a long time by the time Isaac, I mean, Isaiah comes to the table here and writes these words. Jacob has long been gone. So I believe it's speaking prophetically. And I also believe that there will come a day when we will see our descendants. It, there is going to, we see it with the eyes of faith. You know, Hebrews 11 gives us a hall of heroes of the faith. And it says there that they, they died in faith, having not seen the promises in their life, but seeing them afar off. So we can believe God that whether we see it with our literal eyes physically before we pass through the door of death or not, we will see it in our midst because God is faithful. If we trust our children to him, he is trustworthy. He will take care of them and he will do the work 
and we will be able to see it. One day we will see the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. In our children, when we devote them to him in right relationship with him. Then it also talks about the promise of what God will do through the children and what, what the result of God's work in the children will be. First of all, they will hallow his name. To, the word hallow really is talking about to set something apart as special. It, it refers to being with honor and esteem. So in other words, God is saying they're going to honor my name. One of the commandments of the Ten Commandments was not to take the name of the Lord in vain. In other words, not irreverently. It's not just talking about cursing. It's talking about rather having an honor for his name, living for the honor of his name, making sure everything we do and say is to honor his name. We care about that, and they're going to care about that. They're going to have an honor for the name of Jesus and not take it lightly and not disrespect it and not curse it and not blaspheme and not throw it away and treat it as useless. They're going to have an honor for his name. This is what the Lord will do when we trust our children to him. It's the work of his hands with our children. <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> they will hallow his name. <coughs> then he goes on and he says, not only will they hallow his name, but they will also hallow him. They will hallow the Holy One of Jacob. They will hallow the Lord. They will love and honor him. They will seek for his honor. They will seek to please him. They will live a life that is worthy of him and seeks to please the Lord. They're going to hallow him personally. It also says, and they will fear the God of Israel. In other words, they will have the correct, proper fear of the Lord. One of the works of the Lord in us and in our children will be that we will have a healthy dose of the fear of the Lord. I encourage you to look into the book of Proverbs specifically. It talks about how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord brings life. There, It's a good thing to have a healthy fear of the Lord. It's a reverence and a respect and an awe of him and of his great works on our lives, on our behalf and in our lives. Praise God. Then it says, Two more results that the work of the Lord in our children will do for us is that those that have erred in spirit will come to understanding. In other words, if they've gone astray, if they've gotten wrapped up in something that they shouldn't have been, if their maybe belief system isn't right or they've erred in some way from the, the straight and narrow, God can bring them back and he will give them understanding. He will instruct them. He will give them that discernment. He will make the difference and bring them from their errors and give them discernment. And then lastly, it says those who've complained will learn doctrine. In other words, God's going to teach them sound doctrine after They've been complaining, grumbling, rebelling, 
coming against him, murmuring, etc. God will see them through that, and he will bring them to a place of sound doctrine, godly teaching, bring them the truth from his word. Praise God. Now, when and how all of this will happen, I don't know. But this is a redemptive promise that I believe we can take an application from. And I encourage you, if you are a, a parent, maybe, um, uh, or a grandparent, or whatever, maybe you have nieces, nephews, whatever, that you know that need this, pray it over them. Pray these words. Go to God and say, Father, you promised to your children that this would come to pass. It's a redemptive promise. And they may be in a place of error right now. They may be in a place of complaining and rebelling against the Lord right now. You may not see these great works in them right now. But one thing you can do that, that I've learned many years ago is you can pray the word of God. And you will always know that when you are praying the word of God, you are praying his will. And John tells us in his epistle in 1 John 5, he says this, that we know that if we pray according to his will, we know that he hears us and we know that we will have the petitions we've asked of him. So we can commit them to the Lord who is trustworthy. I can't guarantee when or how any of this will work out. But God will be true to his word if we will trust our children to him and if we will pray his word over them. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to trust the Lord and believe and pray his will revealed here and in other places over your children. Oh, yes, beloved friend, let that be true of your children, your descendants. Let it be true of you. I encourage you in this word, and I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And Lord willing, you may join us again for future episodes of Truth Tidbits. God bless you today in Jesus' name.